Steve. My brother from the same Justin. mother. <laughs> what is up, my dude? What's up, dog? I'm oh, excited for this episode. Dude, dude I've been it. more excited for this episode than I have for a long time because oh, I don't want to jump right into it, but I want to jump right into it. This is going to be the first like almost purely positive review that I've been able to say in a while. And it oh, feels yeah. like our last few reviews, dude, except for like uh, No Way Home. But other than No Way Home, it seems like I've had a lot more negative to say, which might just be me as a, you know, as a critic, as a person anyway. Hey, don't forget dude, Wakanda Forever. Wakanda Forever also was a mostly positive review with true. a little nitpicks here and there. That's true. But that's yes, point. we've had a lot of like, I don't want to say purely negative also because there has been a lot of good stuff in the, you know, reviews that we've done recently, but it's been a lot of kind of bittersweet, which is not really the right word, but yeah. it's been a mixed bag for us recently. We'll say that. But yeah. today... We were talking about a movie that just banged. We'll just say that out, right? Like, this movie slapped start to finish, plain and simple, black and white terms. We're talking about John Wick 4, oh, which yeah. just released this past weekend at the time of recording. Oh, yeah. This before, was... Uh, oh, yeah. Go, sorry. All right, so before we get into that, because we we're just going to get completely get lost in John Wick and the... They don't have a name for, like, the universe, right? the wikiverse i guess it's just our planet our earth don't but call it that it's just the john wick series the john wick the john wick series before we get yeah. completely <laughs> lost in that in that universe we got a couple plugs we got to make because you and i have been uh expanding our creative influence over the last couple of weeks we uh yeah you know it's it's nice to be wanted but we've been recruited to a few various outlets to lend our talents and so uh, we're going to make some some plugs for those. So um, you and I, Steve, we have a, a couple of good friends, Caleb and Luke Soderberg, who I was going to say friends of the pod, but Luke has listened to like two of our episodes. Uh, Caleb is a real one. So Caleb, shout out to you. But uh, a couple of weeks ago, I made an appearance on their podcast, the Super Soder Bros, because their last name is Soderberg. So they, they made a nice little pun on it. Uh, Fun fact, they initially had started a podcast within like a couple months of us, and ours with the fantastic, completely original name, Two Brothers. Uh, they had initially named theirs The Other Brothers, trying to copy our style. It didn't work, so they switched it up because we had too much of a corner on Spotify podcasting. Uh, there's just no space for anybody else, so they ended up switching their name. And uh, But yeah, I made an appearance. They've been good friends of ours since we were kids and growing up going to church together, and we... We just talked a lot of complete nonsense. There was very little structure to the conversation, uh, <laughs> but it was fun. We talked about uh, movies. We talked about music. Uh, we talked about some video games a little bit. We kind of hit a lot a lot of different topics. We talked about just some fun childhood memories. And so it was so fun. We, we ended up talking for almost like over two hours. And it was so great because I, every time I went to go say something, I was like, I don't have to edit this so I can talk as long as I want. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's always me. a good feeling. So yeah, but uh, it was a super fun conversation. So go ahead and check that out. Super Soda Bros is going to be uh, attached in the, in the description below, but that wasn't the only thing that we've appeared on lately or moving forward. Steve, you want to let the people know about our other escapade, if that's a, an appropriate use of that word. Yeah, so I've got a good friend from school, uh, Nate Getz, who is a huge bracket guy. Um, over the past few years, he has created, uh, along with his you know, roommate, um, Matt. Shout out, Matt. I know you don't listen to this, but you still get a shout out anyways. 
uh, my old college roommate, actually. Um, and they have made brackets over the last couple of years of like best chip flavors, best uh, cereals, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And this year, um, around this time, obviously, is the the bracket mania. At the time of recording, we are just waiting on the three remaining uh, final four and championship games in the men's bracket uh, and women's bracket to be played in this year's March Madness, which very exciting. Go Huskies. Um, but this year, Nate put together a randomized bracket of the NBA top 75 uh, player list that the NBA put out for their 75th anniversary earlier this you know, season. Um, not in 23, but you know, at the beginning of this NBA season, um, the bracket is just a random assignment of seeds. So there's not necessarily like the the number one player of all time versus the 75th player of all time in the first round. Um, so Justin and I have recorded some, uh, play-by-play commentary for an NBA 2K simulated bracket of (laughs) all of these top 75 NBA players going head to head in your favorite basketball video game. Well, maybe NBA Jam's your favorite basketball video game. No, it should they be. don't have all the players. You know so. what's you know what's the best uh I guess NBA video game. The best basketball video game. Yes, it's NCAA March Madness two thousand three. NCAA on March Madness two thousand three. Okay. Obviously. Before we get into anything else, dude. Do you remember in that game? The sliders? Obviously. The sliders. That's the only way to play that game. All you gotta say is the sliders. This and the custom players. Oh my gosh, dude. This is back when video games, when you could just totally customize whatever you wanted. Nowadays, if you turn up the sliders, you got to like, it just raises your chance of making a basket or something. This was 100% guarantee. You could run the other way. You could turn off travel. So you could just have your dude jump, 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 swish from like the other side of the hoop behind the backboard. Dude, this game was sick. And then we made custom teams where... We had like all teams that were five foot, which I think was the shortest you could make a player, and all like so, seven yeah. ten, and just absolutely oh, amazing. But that's not yeah, what we're talking that about. That game was peak. But yes, so uh, Justin and I have recorded some some play by play and color commentary for uh, the preliminary round of this uh, NBA Top Seventy Five head to head bracket. Um, Nate has a YouTube channel called the Connecticut Tax Collectors, where he uploads lots of gaming clips and, you know, fun stuff that he likes to put together in his spare time. So go check that out on YouTube. You'll hear our lovely voices with some hilarious NBA content in the background. So we've got some more games to record for that, and uh, we're hoping to get through the entire bracket uh, at some point. But yeah, it is a... It, uh, heavy endeavor with the amount of games that we have to get through so yep. might be a little bit on that one we're not expecting to be done by the same time that uh the you know ncaa brackets wrap up here but yeah just a couple little extra projects that justin and i have been <laughs> working on but dipping our toes out of the movie critic business and into a little bit of comedy a little just you know friendly banter which i guess is what we're doing here as well but you know, yes. being in a couple of different environments has been a lot of fun. So go ahead and check them out. But all that's over. We don't care about that. You guys don't care about yeah, that. You guys are here, here for, that. for Steven and for Justin. True. And so it's time for us to get into what this week's episode is about. Steven, what was your experience with John Wick as a franchise? What was your expectations coming into this movie? Because I know we talked about it a little bit when we were uh, a few episodes back going into our most anticipated and this mm-hmm. was, 
I don't remember if it was number one on your list, but it was pretty close. It was either this or Mission Impossible was your number one most anticipated movie of the whole year. And for me, it was in the, my top five as well, uh, where at that point I had not watched all of them. And since then I have. But uh, so we talked about a little bit it being in your most anticipated. But Steve, what was your history with this franchise? And what were you thinking before showing up and, and sitting in the theater this past weekend? Man. What a great leading question, Justin. Uh, my experience with John Wick so far has just been pure adrenaline and enjoyment. This is a franchise that kind of came out of nowhere with an original action movie. Um, I believe it was, what, 2014 was the first one? Uh, fact check me on that, but I think it's 2014, 17, 19, and now 23 for the fourth one. Um, but the, you're giving me a thumbs up, so I'm correct on that. Lovely. I know my stuff. Uh, yeah, the, the first John Wick movie is just like a nice, tight, original action movie about this retired hitman who gets, you know, dragged out of retirement to wreak revenge on those who have wronged him because the idiot son of a Russian mob boss in New York uh, kills his dog, not realizing who he is. And the rest of the movie, and really the rest of the series from there, kind of stems from that one event. Um, and John Wick is just, I mean, it's as close to like a live action comic book as you can get. I mean, obviously we have, you know, comic book movies out right now with the Avengers and who knows what DC is doing. That's a whole other mess. But John Wick especially at this point with number four, feels like a comic book. John Wick feels like a superhero. Um, it has the best like hand-to-hand choreography I've seen since the two Raid movies. Uh, it has just visually stunning set pieces and interesting locales, as well as, you know, obviously it's it's not necessarily great acting by Keanu Reeves, but he plays the character of John Wick like perfectly. It's a character that doesn't need heavy monologue, um, or, you know, a lot of flowery dialogue to be um, an interesting character. But he adds to, like, the gravity and danger of all these scenes that he's in with just a few gruff words. And, man, I mean, on top of that, Keanu does, like, 90% of his own stunts, if mm-hmm. not all of them, which is pretty incredible for a guy that's, you know, pushing 60 at this point. Um, but... Yeah, uh, John Wick is a series that I think I've enjoyed the theater experience for each subsequent one more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily know if I would say that I like would rank them in of like my favorite from four to one, like down the line like that. Um, they're just all so good. I I don't think I could necessarily disagree with any argument for one being better or worse than the rest. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, this is, I think right now, the best action series on the planet. You know, you talked about Mission Impossible earlier, and it's, no pun intended, going to be impossible for us to have this discussion without mentioning Mission Impossible um, because I think Mission Impossible is the other like excellent action franchise out mm-hmm. right now. Um I know in our most anticipated list, we talked about the Fast franchise, and those are fun flicks, but they're obviously 
you know, not on the same, not in the same stratosphere as no. John Wick and Mission Impossible. Those fall into the superhero uh, genre at this point. Yeah, a hundred percent. But I think, you know, I don't want to spend the whole time here talking about the two franchises side by side. But I will say it's really such like a, a treat to have both franchises at the top of their game at the same time, where. You know, there have been times in, in cinema history in the past where there's been, you know, one action franchise that has kind of been in the the main public eye by itself, whether it be, you know, Bond or Bourne or what have you. Um, not saying those aren't good, but uh, each of those kind of redefined the genre. And then there were a bunch of like copycat type movies that followed it up. John Wick and Mission Impossible at this point are doing something a little bit different, which I really appreciate, where they each have their own kind of distinct styles and are pushing the limits of what they can do in their own movies. But because the other franchise is out there also upping the ante, like it, it causes, you know, because Mission Impossible is out there having Tom Cruise like hang on to airplanes and jump off the Burj Khalifa, like John Wick is also doing you know crazier and crazier stunts he's you know fighting guys uh on horseback with like a sword and he's you know falling down 200 stairs <laughs> or fighting in the, the ridiculous you know traffic in the arc de triomphe like it both franchises are pushing the other to constantly improve without necessarily trying to like rip off or copy what the other one does and i think that's just yeah. a real treat for us to to get to watch as action fans so that's a very long-winded answer um, to your original question, but uh, man, John Wick is just a series that I had so much fun with. I'm looking forward to marathon days in the future where we I just sit down and watch the entire franchise back to back to back to back mm-hmm. to back. Maybe question mark on a fifth movie. Um, it, it has been confirmed as well as a spinoff for next year. The fifth movie was confirmed already. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, which uh, is pretty interesting given how this movie ends. <laughs> so well, yeah, you guys know us. We're gonna get full amount very of spoilers. Into spoilers. All yeah, one hundred percent. You know that we're all about that spoiler life. Um, and I, that's interesting because I did know the original plan was to film four and five back to back, and to release them in back to back years. But I also know that COVID kind of messed up that schedule as it did with everything. So I didn't know if that was still the plan. Um, but that's good to know that the fifth one is, is on the way. So, yep. um, as well cool. as at least one spinoff. Yeah. I did know that there is a spinoff starring Ana de Armas, uh, I think mm-hmm. called ballerina where she's supposed to be a, uh, a child of the, the Ruska Roma, that Belarusian ballet, uh, that we see in the three and in, you know, spoilers, we see it again in, uh, John Wick four here, but Justin, I'll, I guess I'll ask you the same question. What is your view on John Wick going into this movie and uh, just give me your basic thoughts on uh, on the fourth entry. Yeah, so I uh, I don't remember when exactly I watched the first one. It was the same year that it came out, so like a long time ago. Uh, I didn't see it in theaters, but I watched it. This was, you know, I think I was still in high school at that point. Yeah, 2014, so I would have still been in my senior year of high school, junior or senior high school, so I watched it back then. Um, not in theaters because it was not supposed to be this big hit. It was supposed to be just this kind of indie action film about this guy who avenges his dead dog, kind of like a, a silly, uh, like a silly premise that ended up being this monster hit um, that kind of has redefined the genre in a bit 
or in a way. And then I just like never watched the next two. I don't know. It was just in my teens. I kind of just like when I would go to the theater, it was for Marvel stuff because that was the peak of, you know, 2014 was when uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier came out. And that was like the end of Marvel uh, phase two and then all of phase three kind of just in that stretch where it was just amazing movie after amazing movie. And like, I didn't go to the movies that much just because it's, you know, not the cheapest thing in the world to do. And so most of my theater time was spent on Marvel stuff. And so things like John Wick, like great action movies just didn't really fit into that for me. Um, especially with being busy with, you know, high school sports and then, you know, in college, just college sports game, going to UConn, going to basketball games, working on the weekends, like kind of all that stuff. Um, I just didn't end up seeing them. And so up until like literally two months ago, I had still only ever seen the first one, but I had heard you talk so much about how amazing they were and I've heard nothing but great reviews on them. And so I was like, I know I'm going to watch them. Um, and so over the last month and a half, my wife Lydia and I have gone through and we rewatched the first one because we had both only watched the first one and not the second or third. So we just watched the first, second, and third in a span of like three weeks in our apartment. And oh my goodness, dude, we had such a fun time with it. Um, it is the type of movies that like, I don't know if it was better watching them right after, right after each other because a lot of the action definitely is similar. Like John Wick has a a defined fighting style right so watching the three movies in qu such a quick succession definitely you could feel how they were a bit samey with some of the action um but it was cool seeing how even even with that um there's so many different like sets action sets that they interact with so many different weapons so many different locations so many different antagonists that he goes up against that all have their own unique way you know, at the end of the day, they're all like shooting and punching, right? But they all have their own way of, of fighting and trying to stop him. Um, that even though, you know, 90% of these movies is just straight up action, like it didn't get old in any sense, watching them in qu such quick succession um, when you think that might be the case. And so uh, we were just super excited for four. And I had it as my one of my most anticipated heading into the year, as we said on our, our episode a while back. Um, even without having seen the second and the third one. And honestly, part of that is just the fact that like Marvel has fallen out of favor with me a bit. Um, not that I am anywhere near like actively disliking Marvel. It's just a point where it's just so much of the same generic CGI nonsense, you know, um, too much joking, too much like CGI mess that you can't even tell what's going on. And so um, I was really looking forward to just a refreshing, like, hey, here's going to be, like, actually well-choreographed action where they, like, do it all. I mean, obviously, they're not actually riding on horseback, like, sword fighting in the middle of a road, right? But, like, they actually went into... I watched some of the, the uh, behind-the-scenes on how they pulled off some of the action sets, and they're using some green screen, but do a lot of practical effects. They just, like train like crazy in all these martial arts they bring in like really good stunt men and really good uh, martial artists like instructors right they they're having you actually interact with the scenery in a lot of ways like john john wick is like having a horse kick an enemy or he's like using 
um, like he's falling down the stairs right in the end of this movie um like he's throwing boxes at people or he's taking nunchucks out of a weapons case and hitting people with it so it's like he's always interacting with his environment because he's actually like a person in the world right whereas with a lot of marvel stuff it's just fully cgi background fully cgi and so it's just people standing in an empty room yelling at each other and like putting their hands out because then a laser will come out and so it just like you can tell it's so fake and just not nearly as engaging because of that and so john wick i was like it's just going to be such a refreshing experience being able to go and see something that just like has so much more life to it which is ironic because the body count in this movie is (laughs) insane (laughs) so having life to it is like oh yeah the opposite but you know what i mean in terms of just like a movie experience um so much more to to like hang on to and get excited about um and so i i I had such a fun time in this movie. There are so many things you could criticize in this movie (laughs) in terms of logic and world building and like believability, but I don't even care because it was just so much fun to watch. Um, And so refreshing after honestly being disappointed uh, the last few times in the theater um, with other things in the last year, year and a half. So yeah, we were excited. We saw it this past Friday and just had so much fun with it like even after three movies of kind of the same thing it's still not old and if they have another one like if five end up it's been greenlit but i guess there's a couple questions uh, you know since it doesn't have an actual release date or anything um but if they have a fifth one i'll be there to see it open weekend like yeah i'm 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 a big fan of this franchise at this point so oh, yeah yeah I, I totally get what you're saying about you know, Marvel, again, not that we're not fans, obviously we are still big Marvel fans at this point, but especially the most recent run has felt kind of samey. Um, and just kind of the blah that was Quantumania, which we were both highly anticipating kind of mm-hmm. has left it like a bad taste in our mouths. Um, especially with some, you know, dodgy CGI, uh, and uh, you're totally right. You're hitting the nail right on the head about, you know, uh, there just being a ton of you know green or blue screen effects and they just feel very manufactured at this point um but john wick man what yeah there's there's elements of the series of the franchise that are you know not believable each friend each uh, sorry each entry into the franchise has just gotten more and more like fantastical as more lore about you know the continental and then the high table and then the one above the table and you know the uh, the marquise and all these like families that have seats at the table like obviously that is just getting into basically like high fantasy mm-hmm. lore about yeah. this like underground world of assassins which apparently isn't underground it's like everybody in new york city yeah. and everybody in paris <laughs> And everybody Bro. in like Berlin and Osaka is involved. Like, there's so many people that are, you know, getting these supposedly like secret texts about, you know, a hit out on John Wick for millions of dollars. And it's just like the it's him versus the entire city, apparently, which I guess is a fair fight because he's unkillable. Well, even <laughs> but, all the people that aren't assassins just like don't care that people are just straight up getting shot, like in the subway station people just walk past or when they're in any of the club scenes people are getting like murdered with axes and they just look over just 
keep dancing it's like yeah keep vibing bro what is yeah. what is up with the, the only thing john universe? wick can't kill is the is the vibe that's true. yeah <laughs> that's true but yeah yeah i oh, mean man. like there's z- there's zero police presence in any of these movies no. despite the body count like being probably pushing you know 600 at this point over the the four movies i mean three and four in particular just like John just racks up an insane kill count. Yeah. Um, no, it's hilarious. All Basically all headshots because you got to double tap to make sure. But, man, like, I just do not care at all. <laughs> I The last thing I want to see in one of these movies is, like, a policeman show up and be like, hey, you're under arrest. And then he just, like, get killed for no reason. And, like, okay, now we had police presence and it still doesn't make a difference. Like, it makes zero difference to me in these movies like the level of believability to a certain extent um obviously they you know add to certain things like in the second one um he went to like the sommelier for uh you know a weapons upgrade and mm-hmm. he went to that tailor in rome also for you know like a bulletproof suit which becomes like a mainstay of the franchise following that um and obviously that's you know fairly ridiculous like oh, yeah. a Kevlar suit is not stopping like assault rifle rounds at uh, ten feet. Apparently, it stops a lot more than that. It stops him getting hit by like eight cars in the span of six. Yeah, minutes. he gets he gets hit by so many cars, and they're like don't affect him at all. Well, he got it's hit by a couple back in two, right when he's stealing his car back in like the opening scene, and I was like, oh dang, this is crazy. But you know, yeah. he survived a couple like glancing blows. Now he's just getting hit straight up, like yeah. full speed. <laughs> Direct exactly. hits and being totally fine. It's great. Oh, it's hey, so fun. That's more a Keanu superpower than a John Wick yeah, superpower, honestly. to be honest. But yeah. yeah, I mean, it to me it felt like, and I'm sure I'm not the only one who felt like this watching, especially this most recent one. It John Wick feels like a video game, and it feels just like a great video game that you're just totally yeah. kicking ass all the way through. There's yeah. a specific scene in in uh, the fourth one. And, I mean, we're fully into spoilers at this point, yeah. obviously. Um, the scene in the abandoned building in Paris as mm-hmm. part of the third act where it, the camera, you know, he's going up the stairs. He takes the incendiary round shotgun off the guy he, you know, had just <laughs> murdered. Uh, and the camera like slowly pans up and you get this incredible top down sequence of him just going room to room and just straight waxing all these guys Dude. with this fire shotgun, which was just visually one of the best scenes I think I've ever seen in the theater. Like, it was just so unique from a movie perspective, and I loved every second of it. Like, oh, it, yeah. it totally had me on the edge of my seat. It was something new, and that was just a, a completely enrapturing scene for me. Yeah. That, and that felt straight out of a video game. Um, Hot, like Hotline Miami, where you're just looking straight down on your guy and you're just blasting guys on on a 2D space. Like, yeah, man, that was that was an excellent scene. Definitely my favorite scene of the movie, and probably my favorite scene of the franchise. Although him killing Bobon with a book in the library to start off the third one is up there also. <laughs> that was hilarious. I almost forgot about that, but Bobon. I can't believe that was just three children in a trench coat that he just like yeah. broke their neck. <laughs> Well, at least the top one. The other two got away, probably. But yeah. yeah, dude. Oh my gosh, that scene. Well, I was at the point in the theater where the the scene just prior to this was the Arc de Triomphe, right? Which, fun fact, we've been there, which is pretty cool getting to see that. Um, and while I was watching it, I was like, "This is my favorite action scene that I've seen in a very long time, right? In probably years, probably since the Titan scene 
in Avengers, you know, Infinity War. And this was just so cool seeing them weave in, a, in and out of traffic. The car is just whizzing by, not a care in the world that there's people just like shooting each other or people getting hit um, right there. But like dodging between the cars, having to dodge them, playing Frogger and, you know, shooting at each other at the same time. It was just so cool and so unique because um, usually you see just like traffic completely stop in action scenes. They just find the one empty like alleyway in the middle of New York City, which like never makes sense why that's the case. So it was really cool. And then the next scene was what you're talking about, the top-down shot through the abandoned house. And I had been thinking that that was the coolest scene. And then I saw this and I was like, as cool as that was, this is way cooler. And so it reminded me, there was this game that I used to play, a Flash game way back called SAS Zombie Assault. Uh, It basically was modeled after like Call of Duty Zombies, except it was top-down. And you had to just like go around defending this house, you know, rebuilding the barricades when the zombies would break it down and like shoot them dude i put in probably hundreds and hundreds of hours into that game i even had like the mobile version but i would play it all the time during like study hall and and stuff when i was in middle and high school dude and it um just in the off chance that any middle and high school teachers listening no justin was actually studying during all those study (laughs) hall times he was definitely not playing games on his phone oh yeah no then i did not play sim 5 for hours and hours in college during my lectures either (laughs) I spent money on my education. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. But no, dude, it uh, it was so cool. Just like the top down, like going over the walls and you can tell they built the whole set. Like it wasn't just, again, it wasn't just a CGI background. Like they built the whole set. He was like dodging around walls, coming back, like throwing a box at someone to distract them. Like the incendiary shotgun was sick, dude. Just, it was sick. They were, they were people just on fire and I'm like, I don't know if they actually like lit people on fire. I know that in like uh, in different circuses they do that because they have like fire repellent clothes and stuff. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they actually did that. Um, I, I don't know if they did or not or if it was CG at that point. But it looked very real and it was just so sick. And it was cool because it like it didn't even start there. Like it started with him and it panned up and mm-hmm. it could have been CG or it could have been a camera trick or something. But it looked very much like it was seamless, just panning up and seeing that. And, oh, dude, one of my favorite scenes in the franchise was in the last one in, in Wick 3 when he and Halle Berry teamed up with the dogs. And I thought having the dogs, like, trained to fight made it so much cooler. Like, like just one of the ways that this franchise keeps upping itself or outdoing itself, I guess is a better way of saying it, with the action um, and involving more intricacies in... You know, in the first one, it was just him with a pistol, right? Which was plenty, but it keeps building on itself. And so having another dog back was awesome. When I first saw the dog, I thought that she was going to show up again, but it ended up being this other dude who honestly probably could have been cut out of the movie and it would have been no different, but it was very cool seeing a dog I back. I disagree with that. I liked Mr. Nobody. A no, ton. he was, he was, he was a cool. great wild card to just have in the background. And well, he was yeah, cool, but his he dog definitely, was fantastic. He was cool, but it's he not a John like Wick movie without a dog. Anything. Um, but it was very cool and it was, it was a fun little callback when like, it was definitely a little bit of a self joke, separate self referential joke when he ended up like saving the dog and then the guy just like was on his team then. Um, so that was fun, you know, cause in the first one, it wasn't really about the dog. It was about his wife and that was his only chance to love something. It was his only way of loving his wife through this dog. So it wasn't really just him like had a dog 
you know it was more about his wife but later on in this one it ends up just being about the dog and they kind of you know a lot of people devolve or um they take john wick and they turn it just into a guy avenging his dog which isn't really the point of the first one but it's funny that they kind of poke fun at it within the movie so yeah did the action just insane uh donnie yen knocks out of the park as kane in this one totally Um, agree like he's definitely the the best of his like secondary antagonists right like in the last Mm -hmm. one he had the guy with the sword who i don't remember his name um and in the second one he had uh common um and this, this Zero is definitely the, is the guy's name Zero. The, uh, in the third one. Yep. Yeah. But in the second one, he had common. And he, Donnie Yen's character, Kane, was the best of those three for sure as like a secondary oh, yeah. antagonist. Um, definitely very unbelievable at times. Apparently, he's just daredevil, but also like telepathic so or psychic. So it's like he could just do anything even though he's blind. But he was he was very, very cool. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So all the side characters were awesome. Like, the action was amazing. Some of the logic... Like, one thing that was a little bit confusing was how in the third one, he had such a hard time traveling from city to city because he was excommunicado. Apparently, that's not a thing anymore because he just teleports to, like, seven different cities in the course of this movie. But it it led to some amazing just variety and set pieces and stuff like that, which just made a movie that much cooler. So, really a minor complaint, if anything. So yeah this movie was so sick <laughs> yeah no this i i don't know if i agree with everything that you just said but man i agree with uh the, the majority of it um yeah this movie was just a roller coaster from start to finish i mean the three different kind of i, I feel like this movie had three different climaxes where uh you know the three main set pieces and obviously there's you know smaller fights within those set pieces but um the three different cities of you know starting in osaka and then going to Berlin, and then finishing in uh, in Paris. Like any one of those acts could have been the final act of literally any other action movie, and it would have been like a spectacular finish to said action movie. But this movie fits three like basically climactic battles into one movie, and it's just like it's so pure and like vicious and <laughs> entertaining, like. You'd think it would get old watching John Wick shoot, you know, the 100th, 150th, 200th, 250th, like, henchman in the head. But they keep mixing it up. Like, there's the that one uh, henchman in Osaka who, like, was, you know, he had the full body armor and he was blocking all the pistol shots from John. And then, you know, he got <laughs> an arrow to the He, like, was blocking with his leg, too. And then he got an arrow to the knee. I used to be an adventurer like you. And I took an arrow in the knee. And, like, it got pinned to the wall that he was next to. And as he was, like, flopping backwards, like, John shot him in the head. And he, like, died hanging there from his knee in just, like, the most grotesque position. Like, man, that was just crazy. The, the, I don't even remember this guy's name, but he was one of my favorite characters. Uh, the, uh, the big German dude when he goes to Berlin and, like, avenges his uncle's, you know, quote-unquote uncle. Uh, his uncle's death uh, at the Rusca Romana, uh, Rusca Roma, excuse me. Um, and he goes and, you know, kills this German guy who who killed his uncle Peter. Mm-hmm. Or the Piotr. Penguin? Yeah, basically a penguin, <laughs> but with a cool gold grill and oh, a German yeah. accent. Yeah. Um, but, like, this dude, you know, was obviously scared of John Wick, rightfully so. Baba Yaga, you don't want to mess with him. But 
this dude also like threw some hands. He had this crazy move where he like spun John around and then like clotheslined him. He was throwing his body weight around and gave John a few good licks in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had like the most gory death of the whole thing. John like threw him off a staircase and he landed like directly on his skull and it cracked open. Oh my gosh, that was brutal. It, it and John was, like pulls out his yeah. gold teeth to to give back to the Ruscaroma as proof that he's carried out his mission. Like oh my that gosh. was just brutal, yeah. dude. And like that was insane. Maybe it's like probably not healthy to just enjoy violence so much, but man, like when it's done so artistically, yeah. I just you can't help but enjoy it. Like it's so well done. Like there were several moments in this movie and in the third one. Uh, I just remembering my most two recent, you know, theater experiences with the franchise, uh, most vividly, there are several moments that like immediately come to mind where I'm just like the watching it in the theater. I was like, Oh, like you have like a, like hand over mouth, like hand on head, like visceral reaction to whatever just happened because it was just that well executed, like no pun intended on executed, but yeah, like this movie was just like martial art in like the pure in in the purest form Mm -hmm. of the word like gun fu to the max oh yeah um yeah you can nitpick about like the you know how does he travel everywhere to me it's just like he is basically like again he's a video game character and he's leveling up like Mm -hmm. his earlier level he you know didn't have fast travel unlocked and now he does like i don't care about how he gets around place to place um especially when you know they show later that the the bowery king is like able to travel to paris and you know still runs Mm -hmm. the underground network of like homeless people basically like i'm just assuming that is how john gets around you know he also clearly has friends uh still remaining in the world as shown by koji the manager of the osaka continental in Mm -hmm. the first act but man yeah just what like a unique cast of characters you know, just some real colorful antagonists from, you know, going all the way back, like Vigo as the as the head of the Russian mob in New York City, um, to like Santino D'Antonio in the second one, who, like, after John comes out of retirement, like calls a favor that John owes him to, you know, use that to get a sister who holds the seat at the high table killed, and then immediately like backstabs John. He's like, well, you killed my sister. Of course I have to take revenge. Mm-hmm. But then also goads him into doing business on continental grounds, which makes John like excommunicado. And then all the fun characters in the third one, um, including uh, our guy Bron uh, <laughs> from Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. Uh, in Casablanca. <laughs> um, uh, the, uh, the Inquisitor, uh, or sorry, not the Inquisitor, the Adjudicator, uh, and all the high table goons, and then everybody in this third one from like Donnie Yen. Uh, oh, I forgot about Zero in the third one. Zero's great, um, and then Donnie Yen, like the Marquise, you know, the guy in Germany, uh, even the Spanish like henchman, like right under um, the Marquise in this movie. I don't think he ever got a name. But, no, he didn't. Like they were all just so like entertaining on their own, and they could all hold their own except for the Marquise, who was. What was he kind thinking, soft, bro? That dude was super dumb. <laughs> he was super dumb. He was very arrogant, and that was his fatal flaw. That's what Winston yeah. said at the end, right before John shot him in the face. Oh, yeah. But that's what he got. So so but, what did you think of the Marquise as a villain, especially compared to the other villains we've gotten in the franchise so far? I really liked the Marquise. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't think there's an antagonist that I've disliked in the series. I think Santino's probably my favorite of the series as far as like pure antagonist. You know, there's some other side ones like Zero and um and Kane who are like excellent additions to the franchise based on their, you know, own martial arts prowess. Uh but Santino just like was so vicious. He like John steps out of retirement for one day, literally one day, and Santino calls in this marker on him and then immediately backstabs like the most dangerous man on the planet. Like absolutely insane move. Yeah. And then gets him to like break the one rule of the Continental, yeah. which, you know, it obviously cost him his life, but just an insane play. It's a bold move, so, Cotton. We'll see how it, it plays is. out for him. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. Dude, I've been thinking <laughs> of so many uh, clips I got to put in. When you said he took an error to the knee, my first thought was Skyrim. I was like, man, I got to throw that clip in there. So, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, man. Such good, like, side characters for a yeah. movie that's obviously all about, like, or for, you know, a franchise that's all about its main character just, like, basically just kicking ass the entire time. Yeah. It does a really good job of adding in these memorable um, antagonists and side characters for yeah. sure. No, it's definitely good because the high table is too like elusive of a concept, right? Like they're just this completely mythical entity, basically, right? In this franchise, and so like a part of me at the end of this fourth one was a little bit disappointed that like he didn't take down the whole high table, right? Because that was sort of his. Uh, stated mission but also it's like w they've built the high table up to be so immense and powerful kind of however we ended up seeing them was probably going to be some type of a disappointment um and so i think it's almost better that they didn't interact with them at all uh that it was more of a um i don't know i can't think of the word that they actually just gave them a face through the marquees and that he ended up just fighting him instead, right? Because, like, the whole high table, it's like, what does that mean? They're kind of more an idea at this point. Like, obviously, they're actual people, but it's mm -hmm. more like the structure than it, it even mattering who the individuals are, right? Because they keep talking right. about, oh, if you just kill one, they'll just replace him with another, right? And so, like, it was definitely better to have him have a face to fight and a face for us to hate rather than... Um, like him taking on an entire system because it's like he's not really a complicated guy and you can't really punch and shoot your way through like a whole system you know what i mean um, well you say that but he's done it so far well yeah he's but, shot his way through like well yeah a lot I mean, of the high people, table as far as their resources go i mean even limited. their goons have got to be finite at some point right like how many hundreds of guys can they keep throwing at john wick before yeah. <laughs> like they run out of henchmen i mean they got all the money but, in the world so they just keep hiring new people but yeah i i also yeah. yeah you make a good point about the marquise like being the face of this faceless entity the yeah. high table and i thought it was a really good way to um kind of emphasize that whole idea that they are kind of soft like the high table members are kind of getting complacent and, you know, kind of rely on the power structure that's in place for people below them to respect their authority and carry out their orders and follow the rules. Um, but the Marquise ends up being like this arrogant baby mm -hmm. who, you know, fails basically at every turn and 
gets outplayed by John and Kane at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, his own arrogance, you know, comes up against him. He's unable to, you know, win his negotiation with Mr. Nobody, even though it seems like he comes out on top at first. Like, he still is unable to track John the way Mr. Nobody does. Which and we also don't really find out. Service at the end. We also don't really Again, find that out. I also Mr. don't Nobody. care about. And he just has this book care. that magically tells him where. I want to know more of his backstory, man. I I want Mr. Nobody to stay like a <laughs> mysterious character. He's awesome. Uh, he, you know, was able to find John Wick. He saved John's life because he wasn't at like high enough of a bounty yet, which is a crazy concept. Hilarious. Like all I could think about that was in that scene was um, like One Piece and how many. How many berries of a bounty uh, John Wick would be at if he was part of like the Straw Hat crew? Zillions. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, man, the antagonists are great, but that's really not what you're here for. You're here mm-hmm. to see Keanu Reeves murk a bunch of dudes, and that's what you got. Yeah, like I do appreciate that the lore has grown each and every entry. Um, I'm very interested in like the high table as a concept and you know you, you get the continental in the first one it's like oh cool it's like assassin hotel that you know has like special rules and they have the gold coins and all this stuff and then the second one introduces the high table and you know santino as like a potential member of it mm-hmm. uh along with you know other continentals around the world they go to rome um and then the third one you know goes like even further into the lore has like the one above the table has the the mint for the um the markers and the coins in Casablanca. Uh and then, you know, this fourth one just like goes crazy. Yeah. <laughs> with the Marquise, you know, these uh, old fashioned like one on one duels to the death. Uh, you know, continentals all over the world in uh in Paris and Berlin and um Osaka. And Osaka, you know, the Rusca Roma being an international presence as well. And then Mm-hmm. You know, just other assassins like the German guy, you know, having an interest in the high tables do uh, goings on, I should say. Um, mm-hmm. So all that lore just, you know, it would get, you know, tiresome seeing, uh, you know, just John Wick avenges dog for four movies. But the way that the story has like taken shape after that first one and just grown into this whole world of assassins is obviously first of all unrealistic clearly but it's so entertaining and it it's not the main reason that i go but it it has certainly helped create a world that i want to experience more stories in so Mm -hmm. i'm all on board for you know uh, these spinoffs that are coming up and you know if they want to tell any side stories with different characters like if they make a movie for kane i would be 100 percent on board with that donnie yen kicks ass so I would be fully on board with seeing uh, any more stories come out of like the John Wick lore. Yeah, it's it's fascinating to me. Well, they definitely set it up at the end, right? I don't remember the the girl's name, but uh, his Japanese friend Koji's daughter, uh, their concierge. She we have a fun little end credit scene, and she, um, you know, is avenging her father's death. You know, who Kane was the one that kills him in the movie. So we see a fun little scene of her about to attack him. So like it obviously seems like they're setting up, which right now we have a spinoff that's supposed to be for next year. 
and uh you know five potentially down the line so it's uh yeah i mean there's so much you could do in this world i was honestly like keanu reeves is still the main draw for me um like i don't know what the action is going to be like with him not center which it'll still be very good um but him being this you know the baba yaga completely indestructible basically superhuman at this point is just like the fun part um so it'll be curious to see more what happens if he is not center in those um which based off the end of this movie I don't know, we can speculate about if he's actually dead or not, or if there's going to be some magical he comes back from the from the dead or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's so much more in this world that they haven't even touched on. And so, yeah, it's just a very cool setting. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, and we can talk yeah. about the ending here a little bit because yeah. at the end of his duel with Kane as the proxy for the Marquise, mm-hmm. which insane play by the Marquise too, like in a, a duel to the death using you know shooting pistols uh like choose a blind man as your proxy a blind <laughs> man who doesn't like you choice. a blind man who yeah. hates you and wants you dead ridiculously only, yeah. bonkers choice um absolute man whatever man. though uh again another arrogant choice that led to his downfall um but john seems mortally wounded and you know keels over on the steps of sacrecor after uh shooting the marquise in the face loved seeing that by the way um, it. It also that and uh, love seeing the Mr. Nobody's dog pee on the uh, Spaniard <laughs> after he died. That was great. Yeah, there were a couple um, of humorous moments in this one, which the other movies didn't really have. So. Oh yeah, there's yeah there's there's always been a little bit of humor, but it's always been like at the right time. It's you know deadpan and you know fits the moment. It's not forced and it doesn't undercut you know a lot of emotional moments. <clears throat> Marvel. I was gonna say, um, what could you possibly be referring to there? Yeah, I don't know. You tell me. Um, but, yeah. Oh, where was I going with that? Oh, the end of the movie, right? Yep. Uh, yeah. So then after that, he kills over on Sacrecor, and the next scene that we see is Winston, um, like, at his gravestone, at John Wick's gravestone. And is this really the end for the title character? You know, I think they're leaving it kind of intentionally ambiguous. Um if it, if it is the end for Keanu and John Wick, like totally great ending for him to go out on. Like he, you know, helped a friend avenge his uh, like life debt and, you know, killed the, basically the head of the high table um, on a, you know, a, a banger movie way to go out. Uh, however, at the end of two, when John becomes excommunicado, he says to Winston that he's going to like kill them all. Which to me says that he's going to take down the high table yeah. and ruin the power structure of you know the system that's kept him, you know, from achieving happiness. As you know, it, it had a hard way out for him. It like ruined his life. Ruined his life is putting it strongly, but he was you know in this assassin life for such a long time that it was impossible to get out. Nearly, finally does get out finds love, restarts his life, and then it just drags him back in and takes everything away from him that he had loved. And mm-hmm. so for me, when he says that at the end of the second one, it says to me that he's looking to tear down that whole structure and like eradicate the high table in totality. So I would really love to see a fifth entry where he, mm-hmm. you know, is presumed dead at the end of this fourth one so that 
you know, the, maybe the other members of the high table relax their guard a little bit. They sit back and then they're like, whew. I mean, the Marquise ate that bullet for all of us, thank God. But mm-hmm. at least we don't have to worry about Bobby Yeager anymore. But then he uses that as like an element of surprise to, you know, take down the table stealthily or at least, you know, with the, the element of surprise. That would be ideal for me and then he can die at the end of that one for real because i think that's really where the the character is going like there's no way after murdering like a small city's worth of people that he is going to just ride off into the sunset and be happy yeah i mean they they even mention it multiple times to this movie that he has like nothing to fight for nothing to live for no no one to die for he is just a man hell-bent on revenge and once he gets that like that's his life mission accomplished Mm -hmm. and I would love to see that mission fulfilled. Um, yeah, agreed. Totally. Yeah, I mean, so. if he, it's a classic. If they don't die on screen, they very well could not be dead, right? Like, I mean, he yep, keeled 100%. over, but we don't actually see his like last breath or anything. And then the next thing we see is a gravestone. It's like, it almost reminded me, uh, Lydia and I have been watching Community, which not related at all, but related in the sense of uh, when Community was filming... Uh, they were like teetering on the edge of being canceled a couple times just because of ratings and stuff. And at the end of season five, which is the second to last season, the season five finale is filmed as if it could be a series finale, but also like leaving room open for another season, which they eventually ended up getting a season six, um, which was the final season. But just that type of thing where it's like, it felt like they didn't know if this was going to be the last one. And so they made an ending that very much could be a satisfying finale if this is the finale, but also leaves open door for future installments, um, which it seems like we're going to be getting again. They've, they've said that um, it was announced in like 2020 that there was going to be a five. Um, and of, co- of course that was like in the middle of the pandemic. So I don't know if that ended up, you know, changing anything, but it seems like this movie, I mean, this movie's opening week was insane uh for so in terms of financials there'd be no reason why they wouldn't green light a fifth one um and so it seems like they just were like i would watch a hundred john wick movies as they keep well, pumping out this quality i dude. mean I by then keanu john will make it that then, long but yeah keanu will be like 160 at this listen, point i but <laughs> i would watch so many of these movies yeah they're excellent yeah i mean a lot of people would excellent stuff a lot of people would and clearly a lot of people have enjoyed this one as well so um yeah so but it, it just did seem like the ending was one that was intentionally could be the finale and also could mm-hmm. leave the door open for another one, which I, you know, is a smart play. So yeah, it'll totally be, agree. I think, and I think they pulled it off well too. It's not yeah. like, you know, if they decide not to do a next one, it won't feel like they ended it, you know, short. And if they do, um, you know, uh, if they decide to do a next one, it doesn't feel like they, you know, are just cash grabbing at this point. Like, there definitely feels like there's a little bit more story to tell if yeah. they want to do it, but um, it's not, you know, forced by any means. So, agreed. Yeah. Really rare to see that kind of ending, you know, especially in this day and age where, you know, sequels and remakes and, you know, everything like that is just done to death. Mm-hmm. And there's so many movies that get like rebooted that, don't deserve it but they made money a long time ago so we got to cash in on like nostalgia like it'd be kind of an insane play for them to end this series when you know after its most most profitable entry um 
and when you know the love for the, the franchise is at an all-time high but mm. i mean i mean if, if they want to do that instead of like de- declining in quality until it you know the franchise you know peters out I mean, that's kind of a boss move. There's so, something respectable about that, you know, just totally, ending. Yeah, 100%. like I mean, Breaking Bad could have made seven more seasons and had millions of viewers every season, right? But, like, it's one of those ones that had a story to tell, told it, and left while they were on top, right? Like, I don't think mm-hmm. John Wick anticipated having four movies when they first made the first one. Um, clearly, they had the groundwork for a more uh, intricate world than was just explored in the first one, so... They clearly had ideas that there could have been sequels, but I don't think they anticipated having four of them, let alone, you know, five spinoffs, six, however many it ends up being. Um, But I do think there is something, you know, to be said for a franchise deciding to go out on top rather than just like keep going and keep going for money's sake. So if that's the case, I will not be mad at all. I'll be disappointed that we won't be getting more, but it's it would be better than ending and then complaining oh this isn't what it used to be or like you know john wick is old and totally slow now like you know they they luke skywalker john wick or something like that you know (laughs) like i don't want to see phase four slash five of john of the john wick cinematic universe i don't want to see john wick squeezing milk juice out of a alien (laughs) boob like no thank you (laughs) honestly that'd be kind of sick john wick it goes to the star wars galaxy and just kills everybody there that'd be if he went and killed luke skywalker i would be fine with that and then if they that'd be an even more boss move just to have john wick like start time and realm traveling and just killing everybody and like these other ips that'd be hilarious yeah well also Uh, wait that just made me think this is completely unrelated and we can talk about this later but uh the multiverse just made me think of that my first thing was going to be oh what if he shows up in like kang dynasty have you been following the news with jonathan majors oh my gosh dude dude yeah. <laughs> quick aside about this oh my gosh what, how to ruin your career like a blossoming career yeah in like two seconds so for anyone like, that we were gushing about him in our last movie review about yeah. quantumania and then this dude goes and gets arrested for assault in new york city yeah there's still details yet to come out and there's no like verdict that's been made so i don't want to talk about it too much but like absolute bonkers yeah development and this is a guy that marvel was like pinning their next like five years on yeah as the centerpiece of their um you know next two phases so absolutely but it's a yikes right now so yeah we'll see what happens with that but man not looking good hey recast keanu reeves man the dude's in his prime still apparently and <laughs> yeah we want well, keanu reeves say, if, there's, <laughs> if there's any good news it's that kang is like the easiest character to recast yeah. because oh just different variant well there they have go. already shown like Easy all of his variants as him, i mean as listen Majors, but listen terrence howard was recast again for different reasons obviously but uh roadie just came in as uh I'm sorry. Um, Don Cheadle just came in as as Rhodey in Iron Man Two. Just said, "It's me. I'm here. Deal with it." And we just all moved on. Yep. So, look, it's me. I'm here. Deal with it. Let's move on. Um, we'll yeah, see. we'll we'll keep an eye on that. But back to John Wick because I don't want to talk about yeah. all yeah, the yeah. crappy stuff going on. Um, yeah, it, it would be kind of a boss move to see the franchise go out on top. But are they on top? Is the question. And we haven't talked about it since I mentioned it at the beginning of the of the review. But Mission Impossible also is putting out another entry this year this uh i believe july maybe june i think it's sure june 14th i think is the release date for 
Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1. What a mouthful. Um, but man, I, the most recent Mission Impossible movie, I mean, Fallout, is just as good as any John Wick movie. And Mission Impossible is a franchise that is, you know, 20 years old and is still improving with every entry at this point. Like, 3, 4, 5, and 6 have all been great and mm-hmm. have gotten better and better after each entry. John Wick has just been a mark of excellence from the first, and I think it's just a matter of personal preference which one you rate higher um, because I don't think there's necessarily a way to objectively say one is better than the rest. Uh, it's all stylistic choices and, you know, which side characters you like better and which specific action fights you like better. So it's a little bit tough to decide. But, man, Mission Impossible is just another testament to the action genre and... Like I said before, I'm just glad that both these franchises are peaking at the same time and pushing each other to to do new things and keep it fresh. Uh, mm-hmm. Because we, as the audience, just get to benefit from the the highs of both. So, yeah, I am awesome. very much looking forward to seeing Mission Impossible, you know, up the ante once again this summer. And yeah, I mean, th- these are just two great marathons to to have at some point. Like, if y'all have not had a day where you sat down and watched all three John Wick movies great you can wait a few months and then you can sit down and watch all four of them because it's just a pure adrenaline roller coaster from start to finish um and yeah i can't recommend this movie highly enough there's maybe a tiny bit in it that keeps it from being a perfect perfect film for me but this was easily like a nine and a half for me at at minimum this movie smacked yeah smacked i would give it a solid nine i mean it was awesome it was so much fun uh you know, a couple nitpicks here and there, but on the whole, just such a fun time and so worth going to the theater for. Um, so, Steve, where would this fall for you uh, with within the franchise compared to all the other ones? Ooh, man, that's a tough choice for me, and I've been thinking about that since I saw it last Friday, and I don't know exactly where I'll put it. I think, for me, I, I've said this before, but it's always tough for me to rank a movie, you know, in its franchise or throughout the year, whatever it may be, um, off of first viewing, because first viewing is just like trying to just purely enjoy the movie for what it is when it comes out, like seeing everything for the first time and just enjoying all the twists and turns and, and new things that I've never seen before is, is a experience all in itself. But I think I usually need at least two viewings because the second one, I'll take a more critical look at the movie and, and really compare it to its predecessors. Um, but man, it's for me after one viewing, like it's hard to not have this one topping or, you know, close to topping my list. Uh, the action was just flawless. The lore being built upon was great. Again, the side characters, all fantastic. Um, yeah, there's just so much for me. Like, how can I not love this movie? (laughs) Um, I think, yeah, it's, it's one or two for me. And again, like, I don't think there's a wrong order to put these in. Like, if I put one last in my order, which probably might on the basis that it's just the shortest one and therefore has, like, the least action in it, like, at this point. But it's such, like, a tight, well-made action movie. Like, I think John 1 is basically perfect as well. So I that's such a tough question for me to answer because... I don't even, I think I just rate the whole franchise as like an A+. Plus. I know that's a huge cop-out answer, but they're just all amazing in their own way. And it's like picking my favorite kid 
at this point. <laughs> I mean, everyone's you got know? a favorite kid, right? There's yeah, no, mom and dad, if yeah. you're listening to this, we know it's Abby, okay? Yeah. We know it is. Yeah. No, but no one's mad. Well, I don't have an Abby of this franchise. So, yeah. yeah. No, I I would say this is definitely not my favorite of them, uh, which speaks nothing to this one and more to just how good the franchise has been on a whole. Um, I, I honestly think one is my favorite, which, you know, was the opposite of what you just said. <laughs> um, not that you said one was your least favorite, but um, I still think one's my favorite, man. Like The world building gets really cool later on, um, but there's just something about the most focused story, right? Like the pure revenge out. And it was the first time we had seen like his action, just the refreshing action that he brings um yeah i mean one's probably still my favorite although each you know successive one has been just so much fun to watch that it's you know it's not as if the other ones even come near bad um i would say three was probably the one that i would rank last um just because you know dude honestly my biggest disappointment about this fourth one was that that adjudicator was that what she's called from the third one didn't come back and die like i wanted her to be just like murked so bad i wanted her to come back and get absolutely bodied and she just didn't show up and i was like man because she for me you know the actress did a phenomenal job because she was so hateable and um i wanted her to die that whole movie and then i wanted her to come back and die in this movie and she just never never did so um yeah but three for me just seems like it was kind of the most up and down a little bit. I can't even really put my finger on why. Um, a little bit bloated, but so fun in terms of the action. And I think it also had the weakest like secondary antagonist. I forget the guy's name again. Zero, the uh, the guy with the swords. He just seemed a little bit, a little bit off to me. But um, again, phenomenal action and just so fun. And the most world building probably happened in the third one, um, mm-hmm. with him getting introduced to to his um, Belarusian family and everything like that. Um, but yeah, I still think one's probably my favorite and then four is probably second might, might be third. Um, yeah, I honestly don't remember two. I remember two, the least out of all of them, but, um, so two and four would be in there somewhere. Cause I just remember two being solid and maybe that means two is a little bit behind as well, but, um, yeah, so four is probably, probably two or three out of all of them, but it's like, Fair. it's like way up there versus way up there. You know, compared to most of the movies I've watched in the last couple of years, they're all way up, way up there. So, right. That's exactly what I'm saying is like, I'm not even going to debate you on which one I think, you know, which one you think is better versus which one I think is better. Like they're all like one A, B, C, and D for me. I mean, they're just varying degrees of martial arts perfection. And yeah, again, like if you guys can't tell how much we're gushing about this movie, it was fantastic theater experience like go watch this in dolby and imax like whatever you can before it goes out of theaters yeah um i don't know what the next big competition is i know dnd is coming out this weekend and i know super mario is coming out the following weekend the guardians of the galaxy is probably the next thing that will challenge it and guardians of the galaxy at that point that's not until may water but that's i mean john wick will probably still be in theaters by then but obviously it's going to get outshone by that but well, um, yeah, I imagine it'll be in theaters, but it'll be off like the big yeah. IMAX and Dolby screens, which, you know, is is what I'd recommend seeing this on. You know, on big sound, big screen. Mm-hmm. I actually, I saw a movie recently for the first time, not in Dolby. Like I, I usually go see everything in Dolby because it's just superior, honestly. Um, 
and I saw a movie recently for the first time in like just normal regular theater uh and it was just like it threw me off I was like the screen is so tiny I felt like I was watching it on my phone the whole time it was just like it it threw me off completely because I just gotten so spoiled and used to the big screen big sound of Dolby and what a blessing to be able to be spoiled like that honestly oh, yeah. but yeah this is a movie that deserves to be seen on the biggest screen with the biggest sound possible like you want to get every single detail possible with mm-hmm. this with this movie so yeah we John Rick we rate you like incredible solid, two thumbs up solid yep. movie such a fun time just yeah go just see it what a Highly movie should recommend. be just Highly entertainment recommend. right like a little yes. bit of escapism entertainment Mm-hmm. You're like laughing at times, you're fist pumping at times, you're just draws on the floor at times, just, yeah, just what everything that a theater experience should be. John yeah, for a hundred percent. So I totally agree. And, um, yeah, y'all need to go see this movie. <laughs> y'all need to go see it. Yeah. It's great. So that's our review. Um, it feels good. Like you said earlier to like, just put praise upon a movie, um, uh, kind of unabashedly mm-hmm. after you know a lot of up and down over the last year or so um man this movie is so good i want to go see it again i probably will go see it again soon i'm surprised you haven't i thought you said you were going to go see it again over the weekend i was planning on it and i just i haven't gotten out to it since hey, then i normally life happens would man. have but most regular people do don't have time happening. to see you know to drop five hours on two movies in the span of one weekend you know so that's true. Hey, that's it's, true. It's totally fine. But yeah, so that's our review. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Uh, if you have seen it, then you got more time, and you should go and listen to our appearances uh, on those other things that I'm forgetting the names of that we mentioned early on. Uh, yeah, go ahead and listen to our other episodes if this is your first time tuning in. Um, go check out some of our other reviews. We just dropped one for Quantumania a couple weeks ago. We have um, ones for Black Panther 2 and way of water a little bit farther back as well go ahead and check those out and uh steve is there anything oh, that man. people need to know i forgot we did a way of water yeah i don't know did. why that slipped my mind i like that movie a lot too man. yeah okay, it was not so as good as john wick really good movie. it was not as no good as john definitely wick. not but but yeah but that's oscar winning way of water to you now that's uh, true s- snap doesn't mean anything to me because the oscar easiest win of all time oscar hey will we said if anything else won it would be the biggest disgrace (laughs) in the history of anything ever so hey you know what they got something right but yeah they did but hey that's a review that is our review john mcfour listen again eight eight thumbs up if we had four more hands so yeah go see it and uh We've got a yeah, like I said, we've got a couple more entries coming out. Maybe we'll do something for D and D, a little quick thing. Maybe we'll do a little quick thing for Mario. Kind of depends on Justin, to be honest, if he goes out and sees him. But uh, yeah, we uh, we got some more in the pipeline for y'all. So come we'll back see next, y'all time. next time. Yes, sir. Deuces. Peace.